Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. This is episode 350. That is a round number. So thank you so much for listening to the blogcast. My name is Emily Rainbow Davis, and today's blog is about Spotify, but not just Spotify. I know a lot of people don't actually use Spotify. I do, so I think, oh, everyone must be using it, but they're not. Uh, So this is about Spotify or something I learned through my use of Spotify, Um, but it really is fundamentally about algorithms and the way they work or don't work. But not in a like technical way, just like practically what I have noticed. So that's coming up here. Even if Spotify means nothing to you, I think it will still be of interest. If not, you know, there are many other blogcasts. There are, in fact, 340, well, technically eight, 340, no, actually 347, because the first one is no longer up. And uh, there is one that I redacted, and I think that's it. Or there's one that I was going to put out and then never did. Anyway, whatever. It's something like 347. So this one is called How to Be a Spotify Top Artist. At the end of the year, Spotify sends everyone with an account a summary of their year on the app slash website. They'll tell you your top song and your top artist. That is the stuff you listen to the most. Sometimes it'll assign you a personality based on this information. One year, they told me I was adventurous because I listened to non-mainstream artists 100% more than the average Spotify listener. Aside from the suspect percentage, I liked this personality assignment. I like to be seen as adventurous. Handily, this year, Spotify told me that the personality of my podcast listeners was the adventurer. So I guess we all have something in common. But I've realized that this yearly accounting of my listening habits is only an effect of the algorithm that runs the thing. It's given me some insight into how a lot of algorithms work and, given how dominated our lives have become by algorithms, how our cultural moment tends to work. I'll explain. The last couple of years, I've been creating a playlist at the start of the year into which I put all the music I want to make sure I remember to listen to. I called last year's playlist New Moment, probably because I called the playlist the year before The Moment. New Moment, by the end of 2022, had 42 hours and 30 minutes of music in it. I was a little overly liberal with the Add to Playlist button in 2022. I generally just hit shuffle and then let it make me a randomized radio station full of things I was interested in hearing. The 2022 list began with four Lake Street Dive albums, three Stromae albums, and a lot of Bossa Nova. It also featured seven Indigo Girls albums because I realized I wasn't really up to date with their catalog, so I wanted to catch up. Sprinkled around all these albums were single songs I wanted to get to know. 
However, even with 42 plus hours of music, I noticed that the shuffle function tended to play me the same handful of Indigo Girl songs. I found it odd, though I did appreciate that it got me to learn the lyrics of some of their more recent songs. But I did wonder why this supposedly random shuffle function returned again and again to similar material, especially given how much there was to choose from. It wasn't that I had more Indigo Girls on that list with those seven albums. There were nine Elvis Costello albums for similar reasons. And in my year-end sum-up, he didn't even make the top five artists. Who was number one? The Indigo Girls, of course. Now, I love the Indigo Girls and have done since I first heard Closer to Fine in 1989. But in 2022, I hardly ever purposefully pushed play on their music. Exception, Prince of Darkness, because I was learning it for this podcast. The fact of the matter is, Spotify chose to play me the Indigo Girls over and over, even when I started skipping them, and then Spotify told me they were my number one artist in 2022. Did Spotify select them purposefully to be my top artist? I doubt it. I suspect the algorithm, which like most algorithms, privileges popular content, played some Indigo Girls. And played it again because it had been played before. And before we knew it, these songs were the most popular on my list. Spotify created that popularity, probably out of the algorithm's formula that continuously waits popularity. Meanwhile, there are so many songs that I would have liked to have heard in this playlist. Songs by people who never had a top 100 hit or a top 10 album. And those songs that Spotify never played me might never become popular since they weren't popular in the first place. Spotify is unlikely to be promoting those unpopular songs anywhere else, given how adventurous I am. Spotify likes popular music and makes it more popular. Our social media posts work this way, too. The way to have your post be a hit be it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and beyond, is to have it already have a high number of clicks. The way to have more people see your news is to have had people see your news before. Those algorithms weigh previous engagement more heavily than anything else. I think this makes for an increasingly less interesting world. If we can only see what is popular, we are missing some of the most interesting songs, people, or art. It's how we end up with a highly polarized art world. It's why there's no middle class left in music, or art, or theater, or film, or dance, or... uh, You're either Taylor Swift or no one. Bands who had hit songs years ago who get a million listens on Spotify... Don't make any real money for those million listens, because to get real money for Spotify, you need at least 10 million listens. 300,000 listens is about 80 bucks. And the system encourages the imbalance. 
I feel fairly confident that if I'd had Taylor Swift on my new moment playlist, the algorithm leaning toward its most popular songs would have quickly made her my number one artist in 2022. These algorithms are actually pretty stupid, even though they seem smart. For example, Netflix algorithm has worked out that it can get me to watch its international TV programming without much effort. They flash me a group of older women doing heists in Poland, and I don't need to be advertised to twice. No, sir. But despite its having figured that out, it's only ever as smart as the previous show I watched. So if I'm watching a Korean romantic comedy, it'll show me nothing but Korean romantic comedies for a while. I like to switch around to try and confuse it, but it never works. And of course, it's only showing me the most popular of its offerings, thereby reinforcing its own patterns and hits. I don't have another way of finding international TV, so my viewing is entirely dominated by what Netflix has already found to be popular. It's essentially self-canceling its unpopular shows by only pushing forward what's already popular. And the thing is, I'd love to watch some unpopular stuff. I'd love to see something from countries that I don't know a lot about. I want to see things that are beloved by small handfuls of people, not just the mega hits of wealthy nations. But the algorithms aren't built that way. And over and over again, they show us the things that other people like, leaving interesting, beautiful things to languish in obscurity. A world of only popular things is very dull, and I think a little dangerous. Please, technologists, if you can't break us out of the popular stuff, can you at least make a setting where we could choose to try less popular stuff? I think it would help tip things back to a more reasonable world. Next year? I want my top artist to be someone none of us has ever heard of before. I think I got a few clicks on this because of the uh, misleading title. I think some people thought I was going to tell them how to make their song popular on Spotify, like for real. I mean, this is how you do it for real. This is literally how it happens. It just, you just have to be popular already. That's how to do it. Um, but I apologize to anyone who thought I had the secret to breaking out of obscurity because I definitely do not, as all of you know very well. Uh, it would be cool, though, if someone did pass me that algorithmic secret. Like, they're like, okay, just type this code into your, like, Spotify, and your song will become the popular song. And you will get 10 million streams and actually get paid from Spotify. <laughs> Not to say that I don't get paid from Spotify. I do actually get paid from Spotify because I have, like, five albums, I think it is, up on Spotify. And it's not like... You know what? Let me just go look and see what the number actually is. Wow. Okay. So I learned a lot of things by looking at my digital distribution page in CD Baby. I have not done that. I mean, I have done it, but I just haven't done it with this um, uh, 
vision, <laughs> this lens. So first, I have made more on Spotify than any other digital platform, which I was surprised to discover. That's kind of shocking, but also not shocking because I do know that that a lot of people uh, stream the lullabies there, for example. Um, and some for some parents, like that's their kids' nightly music. So I think that may be why. Not because Spotify pays any more than anybody else. I think, in fact, they pay less than a lot of people. But I think I just happen to have a lot of listeners there. So that said, total, like of all of all the times these things have been available on Spotify, which I think is 2017. And again, it's really hard to figure this out based on the accounting that's in front of me. But the total from, say, then to now is $109, okay? So that's many years for, and the the total I have received in digital distribution is $109, which is not nothing. It's not nothing. It's really not nothing. This year on my taxes uh, for digital distribution from all the platforms, uh, I had to uh, include royalties of 41 bucks, which is astonishing. But also, like, you know, that's not a living for a musician. So, uh, yeah, so the, the way to see it, you know, it's like a single listen on Spotify is worth something, but it's like 0.00024, several other numbers, etc. Like, it, it takes a long time for it to add up to something. In any case, those are the digital distribution facts and wow, 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 wow. But like, it's not even close. Spotify is way ahead on that. So that's interesting. Uh, next, next in line is iTunes, Apple. But it may just be that Apple is like spreading their reach in so many different directions because there's like Apple Music Japan, Apple Music, you know, US, Apple, like different countries and stuff. So maybe if you added it all up together, it would be equivalent to Spotify. I don't know. I'm not going to do that right now, but facts. Anyway, crazy. So uh, what song am I going to sing for you today? Well, this is, a, this, is, this is funny. I think it's funny. I don't know. I was like, oh, I'm, so, I'm talking about how a popular thing makes things popular. I should sing a song about popular. And I was like, oh, I got it. I know. I'll sing that song that goes, she's so popular. And I was like, great. I looked it up. I was like, who is that? I think it's Peter Gabriel again. So I like, I, I, I Google, right? I, I fill in she's so popular and it auto completes to Peter Gabriel. And I'm like, great. It is Peter Gabriel. Perfect. What song is that again? I can't even remember. Oh, it's Games Without Frontiers. Fantastic. And then I look at the lyrics for Games Without Frontiers, and the opening lyric is not She's So Popular. In fact, some of you already knew this, maybe. I had literally no idea. The first line of Games Without Frontiers is not She's So Popular, but in fact, Je Sans Frontiers, which is Games Without Frontiers in French. I thought maybe I was looking at the wrong lyrics for like a different version of the song or something, but uh, no, no, I was not. <laughs> Those are, in fact, 
the lyrics. Uh, apparently that bit is sung by Kate Bush, which I think is very cool. But it's 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 stunning to me how I could not believe <laughs> that the it was not she's so popular. And neither can many other people on the internet, I will tell you. I think this is probably a, a, a factor of like this song came out long, long, long before there was an internet that most of us were looking at. I mean, there was, I think, an internet, but we didn't, it wasn't out yet, really. Um, so like we didn't have like lyric sheets and YouTube videos that tell you what the lyrics, like we didn't know. And to many of us, it sounded like she's so popular. And, it, and it's just not. <laughs> but I think it's like one of those, you know that illusion where the dress was either white and gold or blue and black and like no matter how you look at it, you can't see the other way. This is like a, an audio version of that. And there is one of those. Uh, I can't remember what it is. I'm going to say it's like Yeezy is one of the words. And the other one that you could hear. And you can. You can actually retune your ear to hear them both, but you can't hear them both at the same time. So like when you listen to it, it sounds like someone's saying something completely different. Uh, and I feel like this line from this song is, is like that. It's like, is, is the dress blue and black or is it white and gold? And you, it, it just, I mean, it, it is objectively one of those things, but it sounds so much like it. And when you, the words themselves don't sound like they could be confused for one another. And yet... They really can be. So I'm going to sing you uh, Games Without Frontiers shortly. Meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, that pleases me so much. Thank you. Please tell someone about it. You can tell me about it. That would be very nice also. Um, and if you would like to support it with dollars or whatever your currency is, we have patreon.com slash Davis. That is a hot spot. And then there's also Ko-fi. There's PayPal. All those links are in the show notes. And um, the ongoing fundraiser for my residency in Crete is now at 88%. Last week, it was at zero. So that happened real fast and it's so fantastic. And if you want to get in on that uh, fundraising adventure, amazing. Get me get me to 100%. That would be so cool. Um, yeah, so touching. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, if you are one of those contributors, I think I'm going to try and send everybody postcards from, I don't know if that's really possible, but that, that, I would like to do that. Um, something, something, right? Well, thank you. Um, yeah. So, oh, so that link is in the show notes. That's ko-fi.com slash, I believe it's Emily Rainbow Davis. Could be Emily Arder. I don't remember what I did there. Check the show notes to be sure. Or you could just search for me in the Kofi website. That'll work too. Right. So. Games Without Frontiers. I decided to go with, even though it is not technically anything to do <laughs> with this blog post. Although it is a little bit, it is a little bit like it, Right. This, this streaming digital distribution game is like a game without a frontier, maybe. <laughs> it's a stretch, isn't it? Anyway, uh, I'm going to play it for you in just a moment. I'm playing it on guitar. Uh, 
There's a couple Emily's and, um, I, I was stuck about what to do about this line. So I did all of it. So the, the, that refrain comes around three times and I did it once correctly, uh, with, uh, sans frontière. And then I also do it with She's So Popular. And then I do one where I just sang them both at the same time. So I multi-tracked it so that I'm singing both lines at once. And I'm not sure which one will pop out to your ear, whether you see the white and gold dress or the black and blue. I don't know. Uh, so yes, I, there are three versions I think they will be obvious. It's very, like, I tried to figure out how to sing it so that you couldn't tell it apart. Like, you you could hear either line. And the only way to do it is to, like, almost complete, like completely remove the consonants. But then it sounded really weird. Like, I couldn't quite soften the consonants enough to make it... Um, Obscure, I guess. Uh, anyway, uh, enjoy. Here is Games Without Frontiers. Whistling tunes, we're kissing baboons in the jungle. 
It's a knockout. If looks could kill, they probably will. In games without frontiers, war without tears. If looks could kill, they probably will. In games without frontiers, war without tears. Games without frontiers.